Hello and welcome to the third episode of Unhelpful Cast. I'm your host, Gladfly, and today with me is my lovely, lovely, lovely co-host, Senna. How you doing, Senna? I'm doing alright. <laughs> a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff in in this week. It's been it's been pretty busy. People are like, oh, what are they doing? They only put out one, <laughs> one review this week. <laughs> well, we've got a few more coming. But I, yeah, I mean, we got a few more coming. Hopefully, over the next uh, the next week and the week after that, we'll right up to the beginning of the new. Um, what is it? The fall? It's not fall. I mean, it's a summer season. Yeah, it's a summer season. Yeah, yeah. With the summer season, yeah, we'll uh, right up to it. We're gonna be posting most of the reviews for this week, probably. Um, Shiro Bako, uh, Kantai Collection, and uh, da 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 da. Of course, Trevor will. I mean, uh, Par- uh, Sina will be doing uh, Parasite. So, uh, but. Jumping the gun on his Parasite review, we really primarily wanted today to kind of just have a discussion about it and uh, go all the way around it and kind of get back to it since we've, I think we've enjoyed this um, this season of Parasite the most as like kind of a group, as like a coordinated effort between me and Senna. And I think we really have a lot to discuss about it more than more so than any other show. So I think we're going to devote the majority of today's podcast to it. And uh, in that regard, we will be talking spoilers. Like, there is just nothing that is going to be off limits today. So, a heads up, if you have not finished Parasite, if you have not read the comic, this will spoil pretty much everything. Like, we are going to spoil the last episode of Parasite, and we are going to do it right here at the start. So, and we're gonna you do it well. have been warned. We're, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll do it well. <laughs> so, if you really want to know what happens, we'll let you know, but... <laughs> But please, you have been warned. Okay, so beyond this point. <laughs> All right, so Trevor, uh, so, uh, Senna, yeah, Senna, yeah. Wh- <laughs> right here. What did you think of the last episode of Parasite? I liked it. Um, the ending, the very ending of it, certainly was kind of abrupt. I think um, you had mentioned you felt it was it was kind of didn't leave you with much, maybe. But um, yeah, I liked it. I thought it did what I needed to do pretty well. I was impressed with it, quite honestly. Like, um, I know with, bo- I think with both of us, we were kind of waiting on the end episode to kind of determine what we thought about the series as a whole. And uh, I was pretty happy with it. Uh, so I guess the thing that's come up more so, and it's really funny too, because I was always defining myself and defining Parasite a little bit by the show itself because it wasn't until I saw the show and the anime that I started reading um, the manga. But now that I've progressively read more and more of the manga, I do see kind of more and more what people are saying in terms of the series. And the only detractions I see from the series or the anime itself is the fact that people like will say that the manga is better. And I think that that has to do more and more with my realization that like, you know, it's difficult to design a series because essentially like, you know, what, how long is Harry Potter? Like, oh, well, that's a bad example. But how long is Harry Potter? <laughs> Harry Potter is exactly as long as it needs to be. Works of fiction, uh, light novels and the likes like that are exactly as long as, as they need to be. The manga obviously had a certain page number and running page and he had a certain set to fit to, but like the manga was allowed to run as long as the stories was necessary. The only thing that they had to break down is to make, you know, the exciting beat for beat story fit into the overall structure of the manga itself. But the length was totally up to them. 
And I think that is the big problem here is that they essentially, and, and I think that it's, it's a great thing, it's ambitious to say, let's finish this whole story in 24 episodes um, because they can't be sure if they're going to get a second season and, and not cutting off in the middle like they did on Attack on Titan is a great thing. Um, at the same time, you have to recognize like the, the drawbacks. And the big drawback is that they had to force, they had to cut a lot of story to make this happen. And I think that um, the series was just on borrowed time as it went on. Um, it was really, really fantastic at the beginning. It sucked me in so good. And then elements of it had to be cut away. And that just kind of slowly made each progressive episode near the end um, worse and worse. Mm-hmm. At no point would I call it bad, but I do think that it definitely dropped in quality. Not in quality of the animation, not in quality of them in terms of them putting it together, but just in their ability to keep pace, keep it paced well, and to really bring out the elements of the story that they were most concerned with. Well, it's funny you say that, because that's actually what I really liked about, I think, the last episode, is that I kind of had shared the same sort of frustration. It was just such a great coda for me with the time lapse, you know? Like, um, it being a year later, and then just bringing back this one little element of it that kind of um, you know, this loose end that was never tied up. Um, the serial, the serial killer, uh, of course, is what we're talking about. Um, right, right. So I think that's actually... You want to... Yeah, what? You want to summarize the last episode real fast? Oh, and for anyone listening, if it sounds like I'm making a lot of swallowing noise, that is because I am drinking. We are drinking today for the last episode of The Parasite. Um, to honor because it, to it honor was a good show. It. Yeah. it is to honor it, and uh, we have some eighteen-year-old Glenn Livid, and we're gonna have a good time. <laughs> maybe, maybe people will like us better now. We're more loosey goosey. Oh uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not too worried about that. But um, yeah. So, uh, so it's a year later after everything. Um, well, wait, no, actually, doesn't. Um, the first thing that happens is Miggy says he's going to sleep. Right. I'm just gonna go. Right. So. Right. After the whole last battle so they, to go to. So, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it's a year later after uh, Migi says he's going to go to sleep and go dormant. And um, Shinichi just starts doing that, his, this being real reflective about the whole thing. And, you know, we get this, like, pan out to the earth and all these different shots of just different species under a microscope and everything. That's what we were talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I, I like, I will say, I guess that's the big thing that bugs me slightly with that is that it does feel a lot like, um, a lot like the little bit, the elements of environmentalism are flown in at the last minute. Obviously they're inherently there yeah. in the morality of Parasite and it's inherently inherent to everything that's been going on that that is the case. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it feels flown in at the end yeah. um, because I was always more interested in like how does one find one's place in the world and the place of the parasites versus the other things. So there was the philosophical elements underneath, but there was a lot more interest in the philosophical immediacy and just like one's disposition towards one's own like, you know, well, species and and that, which is an element and in, in, in essence uh, environmentalism. But, you know, Shinichi never really proposes the idea of going against humanity for the purposes of saving the Earth. The Earth will be fine. Right. Humanity is the one that gets wiped out. You see, that's the thing is because when they're so specific on the species, I never thought, oh, we need to save the Earth. We need to sa- I, I always I always 
contextualized it to elements of the species where they talk about how, you know, the, you know, where they almost talk about, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I feel like those background elements were there to justify the parasites saying the earth is creating the parasite to wipe out elements of humanity or at least give them some measure of right. control. That's the thing the I really liked humanity. about it, though, is that they never actually explicitly said where the parasites came from. It's just kind of implied that they arose naturally out of evolution, I guess, like they're mankind's natural predator. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, no, I agree. And then they makes the point that like that is they're still not the dominant species. Um, they're just evolution is like mankind has outstripped evolution's um, ability to keep them in check, which I thought, which I thought was like the whole point. Yeah. Of the series. Right. Or, or or the meta or, or the meta narrative element of like the competition between man and parasite. The point is that parasite who is naturally perfect predator is just incapable of dealing with mankind as a whole in the end yeah yeah and that's almost like how it's supposed to be yeah the way everything goes back to normal and um yeah shinichi when he's reflecting says like oh maybe you know the the government crackdown kind of demonstrated to the whole parasite species that they couldn't ever function on that level and so they just kind of go on coexisting in a way and that like he's yeah, he's fine yeah, with that kind of yeah yeah but i just i just did feel like for instance like especially in the goto episode when they when when they when he when shinichi stabs him with the thing yeah i always i got this massive sense of this letdown on the idea that like the elements just weren't put together like it was it felt very deus ex machina it's like oh there's poison on the thing that is stabbed him and right. that's the direct reason as to why um the pieces fell apart but if that at more of that environmentalist element had been more transparent to that point in the series and it's like oh yeah mankind poisoned the earth which gave him the ability to kill goto there right which you know is then thematically awesome but that's i don't think it was very apparent yeah. at that point well let's talk a it little more about like, that because like it's um i, I kind of starting to wonder where the the point was where it did start becoming obvious because it was so inconsistent and there's um i mean there's hirakawa's speech right the guy who was um uh, the political candidate or the mayor uh, that that is one of my favorite moments yeah. of that series though yeah. when when he like gets shot and it's just like oh my god he's human oh, this I love is that. so messed up and what, what and i like how yeah. even you go, go ahead no no I, I like how goto is even like he's just like looking at him like what the fuck yeah <laughs> like, when goto and him talks at the end and and like keith harakawa walks away and goto is just like what the fuck was wrong with that man <laughs> dude and once once i read up on it a little bit too i appreciated that moment even more because um it's like the whole series is kind of I, I mean how have you ever heard of deep ecology philosophy it's it's it sounds kind of hippy dippy and it kind of is and like you could interpret the whole series it's just like this dark test like of that philosophy where um it was basically this is basically this movement where um people were saying that environmentalism the the whole cause didn't really make much sense because it was um well basically what hirakawa says that if mankind were truly concerned with the environment they'd preserve you know all life and not just the species that were advantageous to them right and so that's what hirakawa is saying like before he gets gunned down <laughs> And the thing that's kind of that that's funny about him that makes him you know melodramatic is the same kind of reason that people didn't take the um, the deep ecology people that seriously is because there's this kind of misan misanthropy that went along with it 
you know, where they did kind of set themselves apart from like the species, like human beings, like they almost had a, you know, cause it's a, it's a slippery slope where you have that kind of logic. You can start saying things like, um, you know, like first world countries shouldn't help third world countries and they should just let evolution take its place kind of thing. You know, like that's, there was a negative mm. reaction to that whole movement kind of because of well, that. Well, that sounds, property, right? that sounds like to some extent, it sounds like social Darwinianism, which is the problem though that, that has different connotation and elements yeah. about yeah. and taking an active hand in evolution. So I think that's a little bit, it's a, a little, little different. bit different, but yeah, it does yeah. sound like it does sound like they're like a, a modern, <laughs> a modern, you know, of the forerunners of ecological hist- hipsters, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, or too yeah. good for the human race. No, yeah. it's it's the same sort of element. I've I've heard, you know, because you always have these extreme thought patterns just emerge out of like certain groups, just because you know there's like natural you know if you just follow a thought process to the extreme of it you eventually just get into this situation and that's the problem is that it does have this like misanthropic uh, element because to get there as a thought process you have to lose faith in in the underlying element of the species which is the problem and and i think that they do draw a lot of interesting points um because you know mankind is not going to preserve its predators like yeah. not it's true predators like you know us preserving lions and that sort of stuff that's not us preserving our predators right. lions are not our predators right. they can kill us but they are not actively hunting us right. like a true predator that would kill humans will always be hunted by yeah. us that was the no thing matter is, what. i think the epitome of it was how unrealistic that philosophy was because um i think more than anything the one thing i heard was that the guy wanted to um, make it the ideal that we get the human population of the earth back down to like a hundred million or something. That's that's never going to happen unless we were forced to like, that's, that's just not going to happen. Why a hundred million? That seems really small. Yeah, I know. I I might be misquoting the figure. Some uh, this is just all wicked. Oh no 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 no! I'm not. I'm not assuming that you had this prepared for this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I just I guess like my my point is that um I think it made better sense in the context of parasite like this thing, uh because they are misanthropic but they're able to point out a lot of bad things and that's that's the best kind of way um for a misanthrope philosophy to kind of just be that because they don't. They don't. They do the Nietzsche thing. They don't, or they do. Well, I guess more of the Socratic method. They're not necessarily building up an existing system so much as tearing one down, mm-hmm. and that's an easier thing to do in philosophy than actually building a system. Like you know, what is the effort of Kant versus what is the effort of Nietzsche? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Nietzsche destroys elements of the system and puts out. I mean, he does build up his own system, but it's less. It's less of it's less important like the important part of him is is more about what he takes down the socratic method is the memorized method of socrates because he would take apart thought process that he would consider um not well not that he would consider but he would just take apart thought processes that were not truly fully evolved and that's the point that's what he's remembered for not necessarily his concept of the forms the forms is a is a concept that's that's you know that he built up but it doesn't necessarily continue in modern philosophy I mean, it's it's an it's an underlying element that people can reference, but they don't reference in a serious philosophical discussion uh, context. Well, since we're talking philosophy, who was the guy who was um, shit? I think it was Hegel. Um, history is a dialectic, right? And the flaws in each idea, make, make uh, finding the flaws in each past generation's ideas make it better 
they preserve the best part of an argument by finding the flaws in it. So I. <laughs> well, the reason I'm bringing that I, up is I, because I, uh, <laughs> it's because I'm I'm kind of wondering like because we started this kind of tangent on you know Shinichi ref- having his moment of reflection in the final episode, kind of what his take on it is because. We don't really see. That's part of the problem too with the, uh, being inconsistent as the anime is. We don't really see him react to uh, Hirokawa's speech, you know, um, when the uh, special forces rush the building and take him down. Shinichi's, you know, in a van somewhere, and we we don't really uh, see him, you know. See that it was that is just that bit was awkward like that's that is a problem is because it was organized in such a weird fashion because they the last three episodes the last three important points essentially goes tamarioko dies they bring him in and they have the whole building assault bit and then they have the fight with goto and really frankly that would have been like the problem is they separate up they separate it out into such such separate events that it makes us have this weird disjointed feeling and i think that's actually the biggest problem for me is like there's no reason why all of that couldn't really have taken place in one time span does that make sense yeah. like they could have assaulted the vill- the the building tamara Ryoko could have died in that context um and he could have fought goto there and that could have all happened together um of course that makes me sound like george lucas trying to like push all that crap together in the end of star wars <laughs> but but i mean no, no, uh, well, no, no um, that's, a, that's a good that's yeah. a good criticism like i don't think it was better this way is the big thing i feel like i you know i was interested more in tamara Ryoko in terms of philosophy yeah. it's like it's like elements of the story were peeled off one at a time as we went through the philosophy seemed to peel off with tamara Ryoko because that's the thing she's the only female character that is fully developed if you can even counter as a female character right (laughs) so with tamara yoko like it it starts that there's that three denouements and that just kind of goes on through and that's the problem for me is that you know she peels off and then that's a lot of the philosophy goes with her because she's really the only she's almost the only other fully developed character in this series like fully developed main character because Murano is a main character in the series but she gets almost no screen time no development and that's a problem because she is the one who is axed most heavily in the series and I think that's that's a, true of like the majority of his friends um is they just get they just get axed like the people around him get axed he see he Compared feels to the manga, you mean exactly he feels yeah. way more isolated like it's just him Miggy and Tamarieko, and that's the philosophical connection right there. Because Goto, yeah. Goto really just is silently terrifying. Yeah, he and doesn't really present a problem in the same way. It, it, I mean, uh, he, he he does present you argue, argue more of a problem because he wants to kill Shinichi more than uh, Tamarieko does. Like he just it, it, um, presents a very basic problem of survival. But um, yeah, it doesn't really. Present, uh, present much of a quandary for them like Tamara Reiko does, which is why it feels like um, such a letdown to go from her to him. Especially, especially too, because I feel like Tamara Reiko could easily accomplish Shinichi's murder. <laughs> like, oh, just, yeah. Just like That's as a side thing. thing. Like, I like, felt like we were supposed to be really intimidated and, like, oh, like, wowed by Goto as a villain, which, I mean, I was here and there, don't get me wrong, but... Tamara Reiko's a character was just so much more chilling and insidious, you know, 
and at the same time the most sympathetic i mean that's a villain <laughs> you know no 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 exactly and and that's the thing Even though she ended up being a good guy uh, well i don't think she was no well okay this is gonna be a great argument but <laughs> i think she, i think i mean i think she's the perfect example of a villain i don't think that i mean it depends how you look at the elements of the parasites so they definitely want to suggest something about the parasites that there's a naturalness to the elemental nature of it so like i'm not going to argue with you in the context of the story but like and maybe she's redeemed but she definitely takes the yeah. place in the narrative as the most primary villain for the majority oh, of the yeah. story yeah. Um, and she's definitely the one who moves the underlying element. And I guess that's exactly what happens is like it, it has that thing. It has this anticlimactic nature when they get to Goto because Goto is the only thing that's truly terrifying at that point. But like you mm-hmm. don't worry about him as a whole because like Goto is like a non mover and shaker. There's the terrifying. They, they peel off that. They peel off the deep philosophy with Tamariko. Then they peel off the, the underlying th- terrifying threat of the parasites as a whole as a unit like killing off humanity like that mm-hmm. disappears with the, when they kill off the majority of them and then you're left with goto who isn't really scary like you, you know he might kill shinichi i guess that's true like you know he's it's definitely that risk like the person who always gets most close more close to killing him is goto but at the same time i was never really scared because like i don't i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I, I just it just wasn't like it, it peeled off the levels of intelligence like Hirakawa comes in and gives us that last little breath of philosophy before the series kind of peters out and the only yeah. thing the only ways we get philosophy after that is in like kind of the subtextual context of like you know that pile of garbage was poisonous and that's what well, happened like you know. well that and this last episode that really made it up for me after the whole Goto uh, <laughs> kind of deus ex machina anticlimax um because so it, it it did make it up um, for that. We should pick up on you. we should pick back up on our uh, plot summary here just for a bit because we've gone into you know the philosophy where <laughs> Shinichi's just kind of having his moment on a park bench, literally, you know, <laughs> just looking up and yeah, thinking yeah. about everything. And I love how yeah. leans over and is like, "What you thinking about?" He's like, "Oh, nothing," you know. <laughs> and that also sets it up very well the whole ep- the conflict of the last episode in a way because Murano never got brought in on what the fuck happened to him. She just kind of accepted it, which is good, right? But it's mm-hmm. this whole big part of his life that she's never really, mm-hmm. you know, been uh, part of, even though. So the serial killer stalks them, um, who found out about Shinichi earlier and knew that he was, you know, there was something off about him. He's the guy that the uh, F- the uh, special forces were using to investigate whether people were parasites or not, because he could supposedly tell the difference, right? And... Um, he just, you know, wants to mess with Shinichi because he's, like, going to get caught soon and he's doing some philosophy of his own. So he um, he gets him on a rooftop holding Murano hostage. And Shinichi, frankly, follows him like a dumbass. I was a little disappointed um, whenever, you know, he sees him in that dark alley and he's, like, just follows him and then... Origami, he sees him go that way. Uh, all right, the, like not not like okay. I'm not like disagreeing with you about like that. Like the reason he follows him to begin with was stupid because he should have yeah. stayed in a public place and just rolled with it. But right. like the other the underlying reason as to why he left Murano there was like he saw him go down the alley. So I call anime, I call uh, universe bullshit on that that the guy was able to get around him that fast. Especially yeah. with I, I guess I guess it kind of implies that Shinichi loses the majority of his. Like superhuman strength, speed, and like hearing, I yeah. guess a bit. Yeah. 
But um, so coming back into what origami brings back into it, as far as the philosophy is concerned, I don't know. I'm still a little um, confused um, working out how it fits into the whole. Um, I, I kind of understand it. So he, he just kind of wants Shinichi to admit that he's um, half monster as he sees it, because the whole world is against him um, for being a serial killer because he just obeys his instincts and doesn't play along with society. He's, he's basically like <laughs> quoting like Freud, like civilization and its discontents <laughs> at the camera. Well, yeah, OK, well, um, he does do that. And I, I guess like for me, I think this is the moment where they're rectifying like a lot of the problems shinichi like they point out that humanity's greatest element is its ability to feel closeness to members of its own species and then protect each other which is kind of what makes it so strong or which is the reference material is that you know the human race acts as an anti like an anti-parasite element because they they close ranks and that's the point is like but at the same time they talk about how that that nature of closing ranks is so destructive to the rest of the environment so it's it, he's talking about like i'm not unnatural for feeling the way i do um but it's like pe- people are disgusting and second natured but you know that is it's also our redeeming fa- uh, value that we do value each other he values Murano. like i, I don't right. know like i feel like i feel like right. this is him coming back around to the baseline principle of being like oh yeah like it is hypocritical but he's like oh fuck it but you know i have mickey here and he's gonna say <laughs> so i don't know wait, i don't know but i, wait, I mean what's I, hypocritical for uh, of the human the human no, no no the human race the human race yeah. is hypocritical um in terms of like you know protecting itself and destroying the environment well no, it's not hypocritical so much as it is it is well, oh man <laughs> well the conclusion shinichi kind of comes to is that everyone that you know arguably ties i think the environmental theme into it best is self-interest he, he kind of admits that everyone that humans and parasites alike act primarily on their self-interest and then he kind of just looks at murano and he's like but <laughs> other people are nice like he, yeah, I, I don't know uh, i'm summing it up very well but no that, well he does that he injures too. himself to say he does not act in his self-interest to save murano and right. miggy doesn't act in his self-interest as well to save murano Right, which is the big because it's not Mickey's self interest to save Megan yeah. to Murano. It there's not right. it's not right. I mean, the argument can be made that he's maintaining Shinichi's ability to to live, I guess, and you know yeah. to continue on and feed him via you know eating, but um, at the same time, it's like for me, it was kind of like this moment where like Miggy is part of the human race now where Miggy fully involves as a parasite. And I love that image of him just like in the glade as a little blob, just like Uh rolling around with like his book and pencil. And he's just Uh like putting his pencil to his chin and he's like thinking about deeper things. I think he he even used like the word love or something, didn't he? (laughs) So that's what's so great about humans is they have all this time to like, I think, he said get to know each other again but eh. yeah we're going we're going deep deep uh philosophy here so i think we've rambled a little bit so let's i think maybe we should pull it back a little bit to true judgments of the series like the i 
I think we can summarize the majority of the philosophical elements and say, um, you know, some of the strains continue through and are excellent, and it definitely is. It's definitely a show that can make you think. Um, and then some of the strains are really pressed for elements of like I, I guess compressed because of the way the show has to be compressed to fit its twenty-four episode schedule. Um, yeah. So, for instance, I feel like the like the a lot, a lot of the strains head back towards the counter strain of environmentalism but i feel like the final elements of environmentalism aren't really fleshed out as much in the face of uh right there at the end so it's there it talks about in terms of environmentalism talking about you know pre- pre- you know preservation of the species and self-protection of your own species um and what dictates that self-protection like do you do you you know procreate as much as possible to the to the to you know probably to the possible destruction of the environment around you so that happens but the point is parasite has excellent um philosophical themes do they all play out and no and that's um that's a mark against it but it's not necessarily a problem since if it is a series that will make you at mm-hmm. least at the very least definitely think about everything no. but heading back to other elements um, we can talk about, I think the things that we wanted to talk about necessarily were probably more along the lines of looking at, um, character, the story arc, uh, the character development arcs and the, uh, animation. Oh, well, I think we're mutually agreed that the animation is gorgeous, right? Uh, I think, I think there was a drop off in quality over time. Really? Huh. Yeah. Uh well, I mean not necessarily um not necessarily. Okay, so not in any way shape or form um like poorly noticeable, but I do think if you go back and watch some of those earlier episodes and those iconic they like they put a lot of effort into some of those iconic um go watch the uh, like the shot where his hand initially like you know where Miggy initially emerges from the hand and he's like morphing and, and bulbous yeah. and there's there's so much love animated into that scene and i do think there's a difference um between that and some of the end animations um yeah there's no there's no i guess like what you would call it there's no like money shots in the end mm-hmm. of like uh for instance like when goto is introduced it's almost like a static pian- it's it's a beautiful image but it's a static image of him you know by a piano like just being naked and that's like a difference between that and when like the initial shots with like miggy emerges or like with that initial that a very first shot when like the guy sprouts a head and it gets like the forge you know like the six piece part jaw and it bites down on the girl's head and sucks and you know eats her like that little bit there is so beautifully animated and so quick that it's it's super quick it's it's over in just a second and you can tell that there was like a shit ton of keyframes to do that um so it and i think that's just all i'm saying is like some of the initial parts of the series and you know this might just be a planning issue that i feel like some of the initial parts of the series had these money shots where they like they really went out of their way that first parasite where he the first first parasite battle um does that as well and i think like some of the articulation of the of the parasites um became less uh defined as it became less important to the story it was like you you yeah. get to the point where you're like oh this is what the parasites look with you know what it like looks with i think that the definition of how they were uh 
you know, the definition of the animation becomes a little not wobbly or bad in any shape or form, just less uh, viewed and less defined. And I think that happens. Uh, and the last time it it doesn't happen is when they first introduce Goto when he flips over um, from whatever that other guy's name's head was, and Goto Mickey, emerges think, and yeah. is. Yeah, and he, he gets the legs, he gets everything, and he's popping between the trees. There's a lot of love poured into that. But past that, there's not a lot of love poured into A, Tamarioko's final moments, B, yeah. um, the fight scenes. Like, they're very dark, described corridors, and there's more, uh, they, they're doing more instantaneous, kind of like line draw attacks than having him, like, fully animated keyframes jumping between places, killing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, this is not. A criticism like it, it can't be like mm-hmm. there is a consistent level of animation is still that is, so good yeah. exactly i mean yeah maybe it's also just me you know it's it's highly possible that i'm just like um i think the beginning is like the first eight to 12 episodes are so good <laughs> like just <laughs> like right up right up through him getting back right up through the start of the kana arc is like just it's just great TV, man. I mean, I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, and I think that there's just that dive as we get into an underdeveloped female character and have to deal with her. <laughs> because that's that, I mean, moving into like the character arcs and stuff. Or, or is there anything you wanted to say about animation? No, no, that's good. I mean, we could maybe say uh, the character develop, the character models are nice, too. Kind of like how everyone looks. But, yeah, um, I like the update too because have you have you seen like the images of like Murano and like how she dresses so and so like eighties tastic? It's awesome. Oh yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. They just have. I think they do it. Sorry for the noise. It's late here, and uh, I worked all day on a Saturday, and it, I am exhausted, and I would like to. I'm going man. to go to bed and sleep in too much tomorrow. And the character designs, I think that's the excellent thing that people say a lot about the series is that, you know, they've updated it for modern times rather successfully. And they imbued yeah. it with a lot of, like, uh, modern notions, like using telephones or, or cell phones is the bigger thing, smartphones, and they use them all the time. Um, but they, a lot of, there was a lot of elements in the, sheer, in the uh, Parasite manga that uh, involved, like, them not having access to that sort of phones, where it was then the time of day when you would get a pay phone, you didn't have that thing in your pocket. Um, and so him communicating with the... Uh, with uh they use it a lot and they have other things pop up as to why like he can't contact her by her cell to like save her from the parasite ground mm. so i think yeah. i think that they use it well and they adapt it well and they make sure not to throw any plot holes in there by updating it mm-hmm. mm. um, all right on the, sub- on the subject of murano do we want to oh, yeah. talk about that we said we would yeah, yeah, well, we shout it out. So, thanks, Dark Neko, for giving us a question. You are the only person that gave us a question, and we would like to get more. So, if you like, head over to unhelpfulmedia.com, post on our uh, blog there, or go over to our YouTube channels or anywhere at all that we are associated, and just make sure to shoot us some message. Shoot us a message on Twitter. We would like some uh, questions that you guys, and we would like to answer your questions. So, anything you got, um, let us know. Uh, but in reference to Dark Nego, he, act, he asked what we thought about Murano as a whole. Uh, take it away, Senna. Well, it's funny that uh, we got that question because we had been talking about it a lot, too. Um, 
especially after this final episode because she has like um i think as you put it like 90 percent of her character development in the last episode it seems like um and um i mean a lot of um i think what you said uh you told me people were kind of getting annoyed about and which i um I felt kind of too is you know she keeps um, with the, with their whole relationship it goes back and forth and that kind of works but it gets a little frustrating sometimes and um, part a little repetitive in a way the way they react especially when you know she's um, wondering who the hell he is while he's going through this big transformation right and um, you know there's that refrain oh, are you really Shinichi Kun you know like that um, which uh... works but it just yeah it's kind of and. The problem with that is um, not so much that it's um, repetitive or, um, you know, um, not something that she should be concerned about because it's it's good that she's perceptive enough to realize that he there's, you know, something up a little weird about Shinichi. Um, it's, it's more that she is not developed to be very complex, you know, that she she'll she'll accept that about him at times and just go back and forth and we never really see anything else that's going on with her besides shinichi you know may or may may not be being a dick about <laughs> the whole thing to cover up about <laughs> something else you know um yeah and that whole dilemma would just be so much more real for her if we, you know, knew maybe a little bit more about her life. You know, we never, I don't think we even meet her parents or anything. We know that she has kind of the same friends as Shinichi does, but we don't ever hardly see any of their interactions, I don't think, even. Well, all, all I can say about her to some extent is, like, like that last episode. So if you've seen the series as a whole and you see her in that last episode when he's she's getting held by a serial killer and she just mouths the fuck off to him and she's just like, fuck you, go get the cops. Like, fuck this situation. Fuck you trying to do things. Fuck you kind of con- trying to control and put your put your stamp on nature life is the way it is like she just has that moment and that's just her to a t she's spunky and that's the thing that she is yeah. in the manga she's a spunky fleshed out fully realized character and it adds so much to the situation because like yeah. her relationship like you know you ship that you sh- like you, you carry a torch for that whole shinichi murano love triangle and you know fuck Ghana, you don't care because Shinichi and Murano forever because Murano is the spunky girl that you want him to end up with, and mm-hmm. that is just not there in the anime. It is just well, blankly, well, completely not there. Yeah. Well, now be, be fair, it's it's there eventually, right? Like she turns into that spunky girl like in the last. Episode. I, I, I I Trevor, <laughs> I don't. Oh man. Okay, I'm gonna stop. So if you want to know my real name, my real name is Jack. Uh, we're not. We keep internet names and i am continuously using uh senna's real name by accident because i just cannot uh um use his actual internet name by without screwing up so that's uh putting that out there just in fairness for the fact that i'm not going to edit out all those mistakes (laughs) 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 anyways but i all i'm saying is like is like she is just heads and tails better in the better in the manga and i get oh, yeah, why I'm they do it i'm not disagreeing with that yeah i get why they do it it's it's it, they have to do it for 
the um, for the series to get it to fit in, and I get why they do it because there's all those scenes with her, and the, they're not they're they're slight character development scenes, but they don't move. It's the same thing with it. All his scenes with her in the manga don't necessarily move the plot along because of the way they're set up. They're gentle asides. It's like in the early episodes when they had that aside, like you know when he's like doing the boob grab thing and you know ha- apologizing to her that's not moving the plot along it's just marking mm-hmm. time before it introduces miggy and goes into the whole world of the shonen fight sequences that's the thing all her bits and the manga are super easy to cut out <laughs> and that's the huge <laughs> problem is they had a easy time of cutting her and they destroy her level as a character and that's just sad but at the same time like you know, we all know why they did it. Like they had to fit yeah. it in there. So I don't know. Do you think that makes it like more acceptable to do something? Like I feel like they just, but I, I also feel like there's like a destruction of the majority of the female characters, but that could just yeah. be a way that the manga itself is designed. What do you think? It's well, yeah, it's unfortunate that they had to do that on top of the fact that, I mean, it's a shonen and um, a lot of, so it's already kind of there that female characters, a lot of the times are, you know, there to be protected or have crushes on people that I I don't want to like condemn the shonen genre or anything, but that seems like it's it's kind of um, you know not unusual for me. And so by yeah cutting her down like that, it kind of makes it that much worse because no, there's no major female character besides arguably Tamara Reiko, besides his mother. Oh, and, and exactly, I'm not I'm Mitsuyo. not at all suggesting that they're not like they're they're like intentionally being mean to women or any such a thing. No, Tamara Reiko is a female, and she's well, I mean, she's actually a parasite, so that you know, not my yeah. point. But the point is, like, she's a powerful and control character, and she is a female, and that's the thing is, I, I choose to believe that she's an in control female character. So there's nothing necessarily sexist about the series. It's just sad that. You know, they had to cut some characters, but at the same time, they, like, cut, like, I guess that Murano's, like, I could have dealt with the Kana arc um, <laughs> being the way, uh, let's not do that. Because uh, they cut down on how crushed Shinichi was a little bit, and that yeah. doesn't bother me because I'm I'm actually okay um, with how little he was actually bugged by it based on, like, the arc and, like, the way she was. Like, it messed with him, but he wasn't invested in her as a character because we weren't invested right. in her as a character, so it didn't <laughs> actually... I, it's kind of... it's. It, I think that's unintentionally... They don't yeah. have him dwell on it massively, and they don't... And I think that um, it works out because we don't really... We don't really like her as much. Um, yeah. But with Murano, it's clear at the end that we're supposed to like her. We're supposed to have, we're supposed to feel this way about her. And mm-hmm. uh, we don't necessarily do. Um, and I don't think you asserted that, like, yeah, her character gets del- developed at the end. And I'm just going to say, is it developed uh, when, you know, if she's developed, she's literally like developed in the last 10 minutes of the series. And that may be a little too too late for me Senator. oh yeah like, there's just it's just oh not... no i I'd, I'd agree with you i just what i'm saying is i um i was still glad to have at least that much and it made me feel a lot better about the whole thing that she did have that moment in the last episode it made it a little bit better for me her her whole presence in the series i, I don't think it uh, made up for it um but uh yeah i, I really enjoyed that moment because i hadn't read the manga but yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's 
it's I guess like I'm you know as I talk about it I realize like you know there's like elements of it that I don't blame the creators of the show for I mean like the obviously um the creators of Parasite which is Madhouse um I don't blame them for anything in terms of the design of Parasite or what they had to do I just think that you know it makes me appreciate like how much I like the manga now how much I like this story and how much I appreciate it how difficult insanely difficult it is to edit mangas and like force like a storyline into the plot structure of a 24 episode arc like i just think that's Mm -hmm. insane and i have to admit if i was going to make this series knowing it's necessarily baseline popularity i think i would have tried to shot for uh for 48 episodes or 50 episodes yeah i was kind of wondering what your take on that was actually I I obviously have no right to say like I'm probably like purely wrong no 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 like seriously like I I'm I'm sure like if I if we actually like did the math and looked at like kind of the manga like that may be stretching the manga the other direction which could be far worse like they might have to add material in there to fill the gaps I don't know but I do think that like you know I'm unhappy with it this way a little bit um, with the end. And I think that my tendency is to say like, oh yeah, there's slow bits, but I feel like that's less of a crime than saying the characters at the end aren't totally fleshed out. Yeah. Like we, yeah. all we needed is one episode where like we needed one episode where Murano and like Shinichi had like a day out and they, they dealt with their relationship in kind of more yeah. of a depth or actually, you know what we really needed is Murano separated from Shinichi dealing with something. And I think mm-hmm. that, maybe not, like, just continuously. Well, that doesn't even happen in the manga. Like, you know, she is through the lens of Shinichi, unfortunately. <laughs> like, that's just the Well, yeah, but, I mean, that's kind of her role in the series is to be, like, his one normal thing in his life that kind of connects him to... I mean, she's kind of his touchstone with the rest of the species in, in a way, you know? No, exactly. Like, she once is. Once he loses his parents, more or less. I and mean, and she's his mother, and then his father's just kind of distant, so... And they make a... Well, I did notice that. That was... Not, not depressing, but just that that was like, ugh. like especially his dad as he starts like drinking and stuff, and they they never really come back around to that a little yeah, bit. I wonder if that gets tied up in the manga because they didn't I, really get. I gotta tied up say in so the... because like they don't come back around. There's and that that's the thing is there's just and there's like elements like especially that woman with the Goto fight like she it, there's just like all this dropped stuff that just feel like you know I'm feeling at the end of it I'm just like sitting here going oh. Well, you know, as we keep on saying, you know, and wondering how the manga is different, I am um, talking about adaptation. I think what makes a successful adaptation um, is that it want it makes you want to check out the original source that it's from, for me. So, I, you know, I think we're both really grateful that the series happened so that we, you know, it brought our attention to the, uh, even the manga in the first place, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can say that much for the adaptation, I think. Yeah, it's it's funny. I love like this series set me on to how good Parasite was as like an IP, and uh, since then I am totally about it. But now that I've like experienced elements of the manga, it's hard for me to go back and tell you that this is a great adaptation because you know it's it's got its it's got its flaws. Um, 
as as something that got me to actually get into this thing. I think this story is a fantastic though. This world that's created these characters, I think it's just unparalleled. And I think that it's actually um it's definitely one of the best. The only thing I would say that's better, I don't I don't think Death Parade is better than Parasite. And P you can get mad at me. Um No, but, no, like, I, I would agree. No. You would. You would that actually surprises me coming from you a little bit. No, I, no offense. You know, I'm, uh, Death Parade is the only other show I've really kept up with this season, also by Madhouse because I love them. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's I, uh, I, they are killing uh, it right now, at least at yeah. least in terms of like I mean in terms of adaptation. But obviously, Death Parade's a a new intellectual property. But um, they also the other thing that the only thing I would say is better is uh, Shiro Bako. But uh, you know you haven't watched that yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's that's about as much as we're. I think we're going to get out of this conversation right now. I'm not saying we are not investigating more and not visiting again this down the road. Obviously, we're going to get your review in the next couple of days. I know you want to take your time and do it properly, and before you actually put out there what you really think about Parasite. So we're all looking forward to that, though, Senna. You bet. All right. Well. That's all the time we have now, and uh, I hope you guys will come back next week for another uh, unhelpful cast. Um, for all you guys that have actually, uh, you know, come in and, and looked at this tiny, tiny podcast that two guys are doing about anime, uh, we really appreciate it. We really um, do. You know, there's no other way to say it in that, you know, it, making this is, is is a hobby for us, and it's and it's a lot of fun, and, and you know it's a nice way for me to talk to my friend about an anime, and I think that the act of doing it this way really is just is just you know it's a free thing that we can do to like to like help people out there and like maybe engender conversation that we can be a part of. But at the same time, we like to see engagement or not. We don't need a big community, but we just need ones big enough that like people will give us questions and we'll get a level of interaction. So for unhelpful media, this has been Gladfly. I'm Senna. Thanks for listening guys.